Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy, and I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ in Cape Creek, Arizona. I want to jump right into it uh, today. Uh, I'm actually going to be dealing with a news story, finally. I found one that I feel like is pertinent, that we really need to take a look at. I, I haven't been doing much of that lately because, well, it's just redundant. I mean, it's always the same thing over and over again. It's uh, this, anyway, I won't get into that. I want to get into a, well, it's going to be a controversial topic. Uh, I know I'm going to uh, ruffle some feathers out there. Uh, the listeners are going, some are going to be upset with some of the things I say. Uh, some of you may agree, um, but I want you to, to listen to the whole uh, 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 section. It's only about 27 minutes long, so I'm going to try to get through all this as quick as I can. I have a Twitter account. I have an email. In fact, my Twitter is C underscore S underscore Macy, M-A-C-Y. That's my Twitter. So it says for Chris, Sean, Macy, but it's got that underscore C underscore S underscore Macy. That's my Twitter account. Email me. Chris Macy, all one word, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-C-Y, at Outlook.com. If you want to rant or rave or whatever, don't write me and tell me how much you dislike me and how wrong I am. Give me a reason why, because I want to talk about truth today. I want to talk about truth. And so we're going to open up this episode uh, looking at John chapter 18. I want to read verses um, 33 to 38. This is a situation where Judas is already betrayed betrayed Jesus the Christ, and he's standing before Pilate. In verse 33, Therefore, Pilate entered again into the praetorium and summoned Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative, or did others tell you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting, so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Therefore Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born. And for this I have come into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? Man, great question. Good question. Well, the truth is the word of Christ. He speaks forth the mind and heart of God. And and John's gospel, even though we, we call it the love gospel, and it is because it, it focuses so much on the passion of the Christ. His last couple of weeks there, and he really gets into the 
death of Christ upon that cross. But it opens up with, in chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, the, the, the term Word is just talking about, it's the Word that comes forth from the mouth of God. It's His Word. The same Word that created all things. Verse 2. He was in the beginning with God, speaking of the Word, personified. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. And then we drop down to verse 14. And the Word, the Word of God, became flesh and dwelt among us. That's, going to, that's the Christ. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. 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 Truth is important. When you speak in error, or when you're wrong about something, don't, wouldn't you like it if someone came along and, and, and made you aware of your error? That you were doing something wrong? I, I don't know how many times I heard a story about somebody who was building a fence. You know, it, it, that's a lot of work. And one of the things, you get these real long poles you got to slam into the ground. And a lot of people will back their truck up. They'll stand on it so they can get up high. They'll use that little metal slammer or, or maybe a, a, a sledgehammer to pound those uh, spikes into the ground. They can wrap the bar bar or the fencing around and, and keep it going. And how many times has someone fenced in their truck on accident? I know I know somebody who that happened to, but I'm not going to say his name here because I don't want to embarrass him. But I saw, he, he did it, and you had to remove part of the fence so he could get his truck out. Because you're just working and you're not thinking about it. But wouldn't it have been nice if someone came along and just simply said, hey, don't forget, uh, don't fence your truck in. And if that's happened to you, you know, if you have done that, then you're going to let someone know. You're going to give them the truth. Hey, be careful with this. And, and hopefully the person accepts it graciously, the truth. Just, the, just this last Sunday, I, uh, I spoke in error on Sunday morning. It wasn't some salvation issue, and it wasn't even a biblical issue, although it has some biblical ramifications to it. And I'll, I'll, In fact, let me go ahead and just jump into that now. Sunday morning, I, I, was, uh, uh, I always write my lessons out word for word. I try to stick to my script so that I don't talk off the cuff, because when you talk off the cuff, guess what? That's when you get yourself in trouble. And I got myself in trouble because I, I came up with an interesting, I thought, uh, illustration in my mind while I was up there. So I used it, and I, I, I spoke poorly. I, was speak, I had been in the military. I was in the Army. And my situation in the Army, and I wasn't only in for a couple of years in a few places. So hardly, you know, been everywhere in the military. But in my short time in, in the few places... I saw a lot of guys drinking all the time. I saw a lot of guys cursing all the time. I mean, it was just, I was around it all the time, constantly. And it's one of the main reasons I couldn't stay in. I just couldn't take it anymore. I, I, I was done with it. I wanted to get out. And I made an illustration, but the way I worded it from the pulpit in front of my congregation was that this was the whole military. All the military was like this. And a fella, a good friend of mine, came up and told me that, you know, I did a disservice to the military. And he said, you know, my, my time in the military, I didn't see that sort of thing you said. You made it sound like it's not an honorable thing to be in the military. And I felt a little sheepish. And I actually tried to defend myself slightly. But I thought about it that afternoon, and I realized, you know, he was right. In fact, what I had done there 
is the very thing I can't stand for people to do to the churches of Christ. You know, when you go, they go somewhere, they, they attend some church of Christ that perhaps is way off on the deep end or they're not in line with the word of God. They had that one bad incident and then they apply that to everyone in the churches of Christ. And I get so frustrated. I did that to the military. So that Sunday night, I got up to the pulpit. I explained, here's what I said that Sunday morning. Someone came up. I didn't name him because I didn't want to embarrass him. I, I said, here's the truth of the matter. I was wrong. I was wrong. Does it feel good to get up and, and apologize like that? Never. Never. No one wants to be wrong. But I also want to be right. But I don't just want to be right and say I'm right just so I can feel good even when I'm wrong. I want the truth. And I'm willing to sacrifice my pride for truth. Are you? Are you? Listen. If you're listening to me today, are you willing to sacrifice truth for your pride? Or, now here's, now we're going to get into it here in just, just a second. Are you willing to sacrifice truth for your political beliefs? Now here's where I'm going to start ruffling some feathers. Red for Ed. Now if you don't know what that is, uh, that's a, a group that's kind of created a coalition to help teachers get a pay raise. In the beginning, when I first heard this, typically for me, I'm, I'm always kind of, leery of teacher unions or any unions. I'm always wondering, what is their goal and what is their purpose? So I research, especially now I got my kids are starting to school. And so I was going to homeschool or we were going to homeschool our, our kids, my wife was. But now we got a fourth one coming and it's just become daunting. Not that she couldn't do it. My wife certainly could. But I could see the stress that we could build on her. And we were in a, in a district that's got great schools, great teachers. So I said, let's give it a try. And so she said, yes. And so I'm interested in knowing what they are teaching my kids. And so I, be, I get involved in these things quickly. And I study and I research. So when this Red for Red thing came up in the 20%, I said, you know what? Yeah, I could see in the past where their, their wages got cut because of the recession. That hasn't come back. They're, they're one of the least paid teachers of the whole country. I said, man, I, I'm all for that. Yeah, they need a pay raise. And when they asked for 20%, I thought, well, man, they may not, I, I would, that'd be great if they could get that, but maybe they can get at least 15. I hope they accept it if they come out with 15. And Doug Ducey, the governor of Arizona, came out and said, 20% by 2020. Huh. I thought, what? Really? Man, that's great. That's awesome. And so I thought, well, that, that's, that's going to be great for the teachers. That's exactly, and that's the direction they need to go in. Uh, this will also curb the, the walkout. And then they started having a vote. I heard that they, they started having a vote to have a, a walkout. I thought, what? What cut, What for? You got exactly what you asked for. So I got on Twitter. I began a, a, asking and said, hey, what's your evidence for this? Apparently they were saying that Doug Ducey was lying. I said, well, show me some evidence. Don't just say he's lying. I want to see the evidence. So they started sending me um links to these news articles talking about the, the situation. And the one of the links I got was for, let me scroll up here on my, my computer, the Arizona Capital Times article titled, Ducey Proposes Spending Sweeps, Reductions, and Rosy Revenues to Fund Teacher Raises. So the problem that the Red for Red movement had was they said he was just shifting money around. Now, 
I read the, art, uh, the article, and in it, it talked about the state budget analysts provided legislators an uh, analysis of Ducey's plan, which the governor announced on April 12th amid empathetic teacher protests and threats of a strike. Okay, analysis of Ducey's plan. First off, the plan is very simple. Legislation has not been written. He has made it very clear, Ducey and the legislature, that their goal is to use revenue productions. Now, the Red for Ed movement says, no, they're shifting money from disabled children and, and using that. In fact, they even say that further down the article. Uh, to accomplish that amount of education spending, which is a lot of money, millions of dollars proposed for other state programs would be swept for education funding, or they would say moved, the Red for Ed. That includes 500000 for Attorney General's Border Crimes Unit, $2 million in one-time funding for the developmentally disabled, $1 million for healthcare private prisons, and $8 million in one-time funding for Arizona universities. Well, first off, is that true? I mean, where is that coming from? Is that even going to be in the legislature? We don't know, first off. Secondly, $2 million in one-time funding for developmentally disabled. What is that? Okay, what is the one, $2 million one-time funding for? They don't say. I haven't been able to find anything anywhere to say, what was that funding for? And even so, is that really going to happen? Or is that just some analyst that threw that in there as a possibility? More than likely, because remember, they're still in the developmental stages here. They haven't even written the legislation. And so I go out there, and I'm asking people, hey, why don't you wait and see what happens? Oh, we've been waiting forever. You've got a governor saying he is going to make it happen. I mean, he has been blanketing this everywhere. If this doesn't happen, he is gone as a governor. And I think... That's all they really care about. Now, I, I'm not saying the teachers that are voting for the strike. I think they're, they're following along with the leadership in this Red for Red. Now, this is my political views coming out here a little bit. But what I, I want to focus on is this. We need to wait for the full truth. I'm tired of this. We are so divided. We, we don't, there is no more reasonable understandings anymore between people. Jesus tells the Jews that were believing him that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In fact, let me turn over there to John chapter 8. It's in, that's where it's at. John chapter 8, there verse 31. He had been speaking to them about the Son of Man. And verse 31 says, so Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Free from what? Sin. Sin and error. Because when you are armed with truth, you can, you can know the lies. And it's hard today in our political environment to know truth because they just, in order to hide what they're doing, they, they propagate news of every source and to throw it out there. You've got to weed through all this garbage to try and find truth. And I've been weeding. I'm not one of those professionals who can sit here and do this all day, but I'm not finding much. Where are they getting all these ideas of what they're doing up there in legislator, as, as legislators? I know what they're saying as legislators and as governors. Do I trust the government? Well, no, it's the government. But I do think that when they really put 
everything on the line, they're going to do something about it. And are we going to have a, a better economy in the future? It sure does look like it. Do we need to pay uh, teachers 20%? Yeah. Could it be shifting money around a little bit? Probably. Because that's just a little bit. When you look at 2 million, 1 million, and 500,000, and the 8 million one time for funding for universities, and how much do they need? Uh, let's see. On top of those, okay, okay. In fiscal year 2000, okay, the plan would cost the state $240 million in fiscal year 2019. By fiscal year 21, the cost rises to $580 million. $580 million is how much it's going to cost to do all, all these pay raises. And we're looking at down at the bottom, 500000 2, 3 million, 8, uh, so 11.5 million of mostly one time deals. Really? Is that what you're striking for? For your four day weekend? Come on. Is it perfect? It probably won't be. Is it a move in, a, in the right direction? Yes. It's a move in the right direction. Folks, we must be truth seekers in all things. Wait till you got all the facts. Number two, uh, you know what? Before we get into, yeah, no, no, let, me, let me do this. We need we need to have a love like the Lord. What has this got to do with red for red and, and all this, Chris? This is just your political ramblings. Well, First Corinthians chapter thirteen. This is it. Uh, in fact, this is going to be a two two points here. But First uh, Corinthians chapter thirteen. That's what we, we know that as the love chapter. I got. I'm at seventeen minutes. Okay. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Um, Paul has been talking about, you know, the spiritual gifts. The, the Corinthians had, had an issue with that. They thought this was like the greatest thing that they needed to focus on. And he tells them, no, it's not. In fact, you, you, you can have uh, uh, speak with tongues of men and angels, but do not have love. And I have a, if, you, if you don't have love, you become a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. You could have gift of prophecy. You could know all mysteries and knowledge. And, but if, you, you could have all faith, a miraculous faith, so as to move mountains. But if you don't have love, you're nothing. He goes on and on. And he talks about what love really is. Verse 4, it's patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous. does not brag. It is not arrogant. It is not unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It's not provoked. does not take into account a wrong suffered. does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And then he goes on about how uh, the miraculous will go away. It'll be you'll, love is the greatest, and in the end, you'll have faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. At the end of the chapter, and this is not love. Is not this fuzzy little warm feeling. He's not. That's not the kind of love he's talking about here. It is the intellectual intellectual love that choo, choice love, or you choose to love someone, even if they don't deserve it. And the reason why I'm getting into this is you need that kind of love. As a Christian, this is how we ought to respond to the teachers and to the referee, whether you agree with them or you don't. And how both sides, my side, the side that I'm on, and then that side that thinks they need to strike because they think this is, okay, if you think that's true, let's talk about it. Let's be reasonable about this. And I know you've been through a lot. And you've been dealing with a lot, but don't you think that we are currently moving in the right direction? Let's be reasonable. Paul, in the very beginning of 1 Corinthians, he writes this letter to, to a group of Christians that if you really stopped and looked, if this was a congregation today, 
the Corinthian congregation, oh, you would say they're lost. They are. They have division. They don't even take the Lord's Supper correctly. They have misunderstandings on marriage, misunderstandings on sin, misunderstanding uh, uh, on uh, so many other things, on, on how to uh, behave in worship, the roles of men and women. It sounds just like today. <laughs> and yet, Paul, throughout the letter, calls them brethren. Why? Because he understands that it's a maturity issue. They just don't understand it. He was wanting... He's, taking them with where they're at, and he works with them to move them in the right direction. When you get to 2 Corinthians, then you can see they've made a lot of changes. They are maturing. They have a lot more to go with, but they're moving in the right direction. We need to be reasonable, folks. We need to look at the facts, take what we can, and move forward, helping others to mature along the way. And we're not doing that. We are so divided. When I was trying to chit-chat with people on Twitter and other places about this who were on the other side, on in the Red for Ed side, it was just bashing. Bashing. I mean, come on. Calm down, folks. Why? You, you don't even have all the facts yet. And you're going to go on strike? Oh, it's not... We're not... Uh, uh, Trying to hurt the kids. We're, we're trying to get our, our pay raises. 20%. 20%. I'm sorry. I know the majority of teachers out there really believe they're doing the right thing. What I'm seeing is political. I'm seeing political. Come, you're, you're, you're not even waiting to see the truth of the matter. Your facts are baseless. They're baseless. I mean, here, the, the only things I get, the, the closest thing I got was this one article from the AZ Capital Times. And even that, if that's true, that's a little... I mean, is it a big deal that he's moving $2 million for one-time funding from the developmental disabled, which is, I know is a big push here. Okay, what, is the, what was that $2 million one-time funding for? And is that really happening, or is that just something the analysts who are looking at say, here's one of the things we can do. Is that really going to end up in the legislation? We don't know. We don't know. You had a lot of support. I think you're losing it because you're not being reasonable. Nothing's going to be perfect. And we as Christians need to understand that. And don't we also do this to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ when they make a mistake? We just we sometimes just lash on them. I, I, I've seen... Elders having to step down from their eldership because they commit one sin that became public. They made a mistake, and people pile on them. Now there are some sins that you know they if they cheat on their wives, then yeah, you, you're going to have to step down from your eldership. If you lose the confidence of the, the entire congregation, then yeah, you probably should step down from the eldership. But when the uh, congregation lashes out at an elder because uh, they cursed or they, were, they had committed one sin that was not disqualifying for an elder, then why force them to step down? They're human. They're not going to be perfect. Preachers get fired for the littlest things because they're not, they don't have the perfect family. They're not the perfect man. They're human. We make mistakes. And I just pray to the Lord that you know I live long enough to see what my mistakes are and correct them. Am I going to be right on everything that I preach? I know I won't be. 
I know a lot of a lot of folks think that they will be that they're perfect. They they always say the right thing. I'm no fool, but I do know I am always looking for the truth. Even if I have to sacrifice my pride, even if I have to sacrifice my politics, I will do it for truth. And if you're right on the side of the red, red for red, if you're right, bring me the truth. Don't tell me your ideology. I want to see the fact. You say that he's taking this money from other students. Okay, remember how much? $580 million is what we're looking for. $2 million from the disabled uh, uh, funding. Okay, how much funding does the, the developmentally disabled get? Do they need the money? They probably do. What is that $2 million for? And is that really going to happen? Or is that just some an analyst putting out a possibility? You don't know. You don't know because I haven't found it anywhere else. Nowhere else. I'm waiting for the truth. I'm asking that you wait too. And in the meantime, don't do this. You're hurting your cause. You're hurting it. I don't know why. Why you you voted to, to, to walk out Thursday and Friday. I really don't. I want to believe it's for the right thing. I want to believe you're doing the right thing. I've asked for evidence. I've asked for the truth. I'm not seeing it. All I'm left with is this must be political. They don't like Ducey. I don't know. I don't know. Why are you doing this? It's for the children. Is it? 20%. I think you deserve a 20% raise. You deserve it. I want you to get it. What you're doing is not helping. It's not helping. Let us find the truth. Let us have that intellectual love and be reasonable. Not, and, and, and we as Christians need to always have that. We need to have that most especially within the church. And that needs to bleed out over into our lives. And it's what makes us different. The rest of this country, or not the rest of the country, a lot, a lot of folks in the country, we see it in Washington with politics. They're not reasonable anymore. You can't have political debate because... Either, you either take my side or it's nothing. It, and almost seems like both sides are moving in that direction. I won't say, I won't say they're there fully, but boy, it, it's going that way. We don't need to be that way. We need to set the example to be reasonable, to work together for the betterment of the whole. That's unity. We need to be unified. But you've got to have truth. You've got to have that intellectual love of choosing the best for, for the other over yourself. You need to be reasonable. We all need to be. Let us make the most of the opportunities afforded to us. Let us redeem the time. Thank you for this day. Please feel free to email me, chrismacy at outlook.com, C-H-R-I-S-M-A-C-Y at outlook.com, or, or find me on Twitter, C underscore S underscore Macy. I'd like to hear from you. I want to know the truth. Please be loving. Please be understanding. Please be reasonable. And I will listen. Thank you. And may God bless your day. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out.
Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.